episode of Snatches Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Martin, and we've got a very special show planned for you today where we are looking at Bible study, how to study your Bibles. And I have a wonderful guest with us today, Mr. Chandler Key. He was going to help us exactly how to study our Bibles in a way in which you're going to be able to pull some really good truths and nuggets out of God's Word. So, uh, we're going to just dive right in. So you may want to get a Bible handy or you may want to get your phone app out. We may be looking at a couple of passages here and how to do this. And so you may want to have a Bible handy or may want to have a um, uh, some kind of device where you can look up some of these verses. So Chandler, uh, before we dive completely into this method of Bible study, why is it important for us to know how to study our Bibles and how to study our Bibles well? So that's a really great question that we should all be asking ourselves as Christians, because if we were to poll all of our listeners or really probably most of our church members, if not all of our church members, their answer would be the same. If we were to ask the question, do you want to live a life that honors and pleases the Lord? Do you want to live a life that is aligned with the will of God? Do you want to live a life that is considered good in the eyes of of God? Most people, if not all people in our church, but probably most people in in the South, especially in Natchez, would probably have the same answer of, yes, yes, I do. I do want to live a life that pleases the Lord. I may not live it all the time. I may not act like that all the time, but the truth is I do want to live a life that pleases God. And if that's the case, then we have to believe that we have some sort of responsibility to to study the word of God, because that is God's communication to us. God does speak to us through his, his spirit now. However, his primary um, communication with us as his people is through his word. And if if we believe that we want to live a life that pleases him, we have to believe we have a responsibility to study his word. And he, his word is very clear. Um, it says that we are to hide his word in our heart. Jesus is a great example in Matthew chapter 4. When he's tempted, uh, he he didn't have to pull out a scroll and roll through it and read the read the scriptures. No, he he knew the scriptures. He had them in his heart. He had them in his mind. He knew those scriptures clearly. He had been studying those. Clearly, he had been te- he had been uh, memorizing those. Clearly, that was something that was important to him. And we see that all throughout the Bible. And so, if if we want to be good followers of Jesus, but if we just want to be godly people, we have to be studying God's word. That's right. Very good. And. I totally agree with that. And and there are there are many different methods I think you can use to to study God's word. Uh, not everybody has the opportunity to go to seminary and learn biblical hermeneutics. But I think there's some simple things that you're going to teach us today, uh, something that m- maybe some of the people listening have already heard. But uh, there may be some people out there that have not heard about this particular method. And why don't you go ahead and just introduce this method and 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 kind of lay it out for us, and then maybe we can kind of look at a passage or two and just see what it looks like to use this particular Bible study method. Absolutely. So before I begin, I want to introduce uh, this Bible study method with the best Bible study method that there is that exists is the one that that you would use. So it doesn't matter what it is. um, If you are using it, that's the best one for you, period. So if you if you're not using 
a Bible study method, it can be a really good, effective method. However, if you're not using it, then it's not worth anything. So so whatever you're using, that's the best one. But what I have found, and I've studied lots of different Bible study methods, what I have found is that this method is probably one of the easiest to use. It's probably one of the most effective as well. And it's called the SWORD Bible study method. And SWORD doesn't stand for anything. Uh, SWORD doesn't, um, I guess it, it may be a, a play off of Ephesians, I mean, of, of Hebrews 4.12. That uh, that that God's word is is sharper than two edged sword. However, um, the sword Bible study method is is simply put is this, and I'll go back through and explain what these questions mean, explain how to do this. But simply put, if you'll envision a sword, and, and if you have something right, you can something right on uh, li- as listeners, you can draw draw the sword if you want to. If not, just envision a sword. And at the tip of the sword, that's your most deadly spot on the sword. That's that's the most lethal spot. That is the point, literally and figuratively, that is the point of a sword is is the is the tip of the sword. That's the sharpest spot. So at the top of your sword, you would imagine um, that, that you're imagining at the top, you would have the question, what do we learn about God? And that's the that's the point of the sword. Okay. The handle uh, where you would hold it is what does it say about man? And then on the sides of the sword where you'd be doing your fighting, uh, where any kind of battle would be done, you have four application questions, uh, which is the third step of this Bible study. And you have, are there any sins to avoid, promises to keep, examples to follow, or commands to obey? And so these six questions are very, very simple. Um, these are This is not complex at all. It doesn't teach you everything to know about God's word, but it does cover our bases pretty well. And so so I'll go back through these steps um, as 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 an order of importance and then kind of explain why we're to do this. Okay. And then we'll, then we'll, we'll look at a passage of scripture together. So when you go to the, when you go to the tip of the sword, what does it say about God? So there we have to ask this question because God has initiated this, this communication with us as his people and as people in the world, he has, he has initiated the communication of the Bible written to us as, as, as humans. And so as his people. And so before we can ever understand anything to live out the Bible, before we can understand anything that is being said to us, we have to understand who it's coming from. And so when we look at a passage of scripture, God is always taking on a characteristic. He never changes God, God but God does have a lot of forms. He similar to how you and I would have, um, we're husbands, we're fathers, we're children, we're ministers, we're pastors, we're friends. We are, we are, I'm a brother. Um, so, so we have all kinds of roles that we play. However, we're always the same person. So in passages, passages of scripture, God may be being gracious. He may be being a father, a judge. So there are times that we may fear the Lord. There are times that we may consider God a friend. There may be times that uh, we consider God um, one that is that is judging, one that is saving. One there's There are times in, pas- in, in scripture where God takes on these different forms, same, same God, but, he ha- but he's taking on a different role. Okay. So, um, so when we ask that question, what does it say about God? We can then move on to what does it say about man? And this is the second step. And so we always want to be asking, what does it say about God first? Second, what does it say about man? And that's the, the, the reason why that's at the handle is that's where you're connected to the sword. That's where you would hold the sword. And so, um, so it's, it's kind of an easy way to remember that that when we're when we are connected to the word that we have to ask ourselves what is our current situation a good example of this would be if i were to tell you right now um matt great news i can save you from drowning what 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 would be your response to that yeah i think it would be great news i don't nobody wants to drown i certainly don't want to drown yeah but but in your current situation sitting in this room 
what would be your response? If I said, hey, Matt, great news. You, you, I can save you from drowning right now. Well, it doesn't mean anything to you right now because you're not drowning. But if we were standing beside a swimming pool and I tied a 45-pound plate to your foot and I tossed you in a swimming pool and on your way in, I said, hey, Matt, great news. I can save you from drowning. Then you would actually, you would have that. So you say, hey, that's great news. That is wonderful news because guess what? I'm drowning. So if you don't need yes. saving right now, you don't need saving from drowning. We're, we're not anywhere near water. But if you're about to go in the water, guess what? That would be important to know. That's right. So similar to to this second question, what does it say about man? We have to know man's situation to where when we read God's word and who God is in this passage, we have to know why this is relevant to us. If we don't need saving, if we don't need whatever, if we don't need to be judged, if we don't need to be loved, if we don't need to be forgiven, whatever God's telling us in that passage of scripture, whatever, whatever role God's taken on in that that particular passage and that, that circumstance or situation, we have to know where we are in that moment. We have to know what is, what is it about man? And so, and, and we'll, that'll be better understood when we, when we look at, at the passage that, that I've selected for today. So then we move on to the third step. And then the third step we have, what is it? Uh, we don't, we don't, we have, are there any sins to avoid promises to keep commands to obey examples to follow? And we don't always see all four of those questions in a passage of Scripture. All four of those are not always there. Sometimes, very seldom, sometimes none of them are there. Sometimes all four of them are there. But but it's very, very seldom that, that we find all four. Um, but when we ask those questions, it covers our basis pretty well of ways to apply a passage of Scripture. And, and, and I want to make a side note here because I think this is important to, to know that get the point of God's word is not to be applied to our lives. That's that's not the goal. That was never the goal. Um, if that was the goal, then God would tell us how to drive a car. Um, God would tell us the cure to cancer. God would tell us how to vote. God would tell us how to be citizens in, United, in the United States. And quite honestly, God would have to continue to be coming out with new versions, just like the news does. The news is the, the news, Fox News or CNN has to come out with a new episode every day, all day, because it's constantly changing. So, right. So, God's word is not to just be applied to our lives it's just to tell us how to live. That's not the point. It can't be the point because if that's the case, then it, then God's word is not very effective in being a student at a, at, at a high school or, or, or playing on an iPhone. So, um, so the point of God's word is not to just be applied. That's why the third step, the third and final step is then to apply. Once we realize who God is and who we are, now we can look at how does, how does this affect me today? So, um, so I say we 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 apply this. We try this out. Yeah. So so if you if you if you have a Bible, uh, listeners, listeners, if you have a Bible, um, turn to John three sixteen, which is a very well known passage. And so we're going to do this. If you're driving or you can't can't turn to a Bible, you don't have one or whatever. Uh, we'll look at John. Yes, 3:16. we definitely want to tell our readers if they are driving down the road. It, yes, if our you're readers, driving, our listeners, please please do not uh, don't. Jesus will not take the wheel. I'm sorry, he will not do that. You will wreck and you will be in in trouble. Um, so if we look at John 3:16, I'll read it and then then we'll go through our questions. Okay, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's a very simple. Very simple question that we ask here. Okay, number one, what does this say about God? So right off the bat, you say, okay, for God so loved the world. Well, God loves the world. That's pretty mm-hmm. simple. We hadn't, hadn't got very far, but but for God so loved the world. Okay, I learned that God loves the world. God's loving. Okay, we'll keep going. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. 
Okay, so not only has God loved the world, but he gave his only son as mm-hmm. a response to his love for the right. world. So God's loving and he's giving. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So we learn two things there. God, God's, God is saving because if you believe in him and his son, that you won't perish. Okay, so he can save you from perishing. Also, if he can save us from perishing and he can give us eternal life, he must be in control of eternity. Mm-hmm. So we learned four things. We learned that God's loving. He gave his son. He can save us. And he's in control of eternity. Mm-hmm. There are probably a lot of other things we could we could draw from that, but those are just four simple, simple, simple answers to our one question. Sure. All right. So we'll move on. So we, so we know we know this about God. We know a few things about God's character and who he is. So we'll, so we'll ask our second question. What does this say about man? I'll read the passage again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So there's a couple things here that, that we learn. Okay, number one, that whoever believes in him and the son should not perish, but have eternal life. So number one, we can believe. We have the opportunity to believe. Okay, so the, we certainly don't want don't to skim over that. Okay, we have the opportunity to believe. But as a result of our believing we will not perish and we'll have eternal life. So there's two things we learn there, which are really kind of opposite. So number one, we can be saved because we need to be saved. So it says we should not perish. Well, we have to be perishing to be saved, to be saved from perishing. We have to be perishing. So, so obviously we're perishing. We learn that, that man is in a not good situation. All right. Also that we can be given eternal life. We have the opportunity to eternal life. So we learn those two things as well about man. All right, so then we move on to our third step. We have any, are there any sins to avoid, commands to obey, promises to keep, or examples to follow? So I'll read the passage again one last time, and then we'll answer one of all of these four questions if we can. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So right off the bat, you see a promise. You see a promise that whoever believes in the son will not perish but have eternal life. You could possibly argue that there's a command here that says to believe in the Son, because if not, you really have a warning of you're going to perish without believing in the Son. Right. And so so and, and there are all kinds of ways you can look at believing, what that means, what that doesn't mean. I mean, there, there's, all, there's all kinds of ways you could go deeper into that. Uh, but that's just a simple, quick overview of the sword Bible study method. We're right there. Let's, let's, let's review what we've learned. So number one, we've learned that God is loving that God sent his son, he can save us, and that he can give us and will give us eternal life if we believe in his son. We've learned that man is perishing. We learned, we've learned that man needs to be saved because obviously he's perishing and can be saved into eternal life. So we've learned that as well and has the opportunity to believe. Then we also learned that God promises that he will save us from perishing if we believe in his son. So God promises that he really commands us to believe right. in him. And that's just a quick, I mean, that is so, so simple of how to study the Bible. It doesn't teach us all that we could possibly learn about John 3.16. It doesn't teach us about context. It doesn't teach us about a lot of things. It, it is limited. It is limited. However, what I've found is that this is so simple to remember. It is so simple to do. And and I have known people who have, I, I've, I've known people in North Carolina that I've actually done this with. They've never heard the name of Jesus. They've never held a Bible in their hands. They open the Bible and they can, they can answer these questions. I mean, this is so, so simple yet highly effective in how to study the Bible. Man. I, yeah. And I, I, I don't remember where that I came across this and I may, I may have, I'm sure that I came across it some, sometime in seminary at some point. Um, 
of these of this particular method. But then um, I've listened to you share this method since you've been here at church. Uh, I've heard you kind of teach on this at um, the school that that you are doing some teaching at as well. And so I, I, I thought, man, this is going to be good if our listeners could just grasp just some of these truths of studying the Bible and kind of can then use that to apply that to their lives. Because I don't know about you, I'm sure you have, but I too have come across people, uh, even Christians that have just said, I just want to know more about the Bible and how to study the Bible. And, you know, you and I both give the same answer at times, which is just read it, <laughs> you know, just yeah, read the Bible. Biblical literacy really limits what the church is able to do. I mean, you know, we, we hear we want to do missions. We hear we want to fellowship. We hear we want to. Well, all of those things, they have to come from a knowledge of the Bible. Right. Because God's word, as as Hebrews 4.12 clearly states that God's word um, is it, it cuts into our heart. It does. It cuts into our heart and it completely changes um, everything that we've ever known or believed. Every time we open God's word, we have to be prepared that all we've ever known or believed is going to be changed. We have to be prepared for that. And if we're not studying God's word, then how on earth could we think that we're going to go go do missions? How, how on earth could we think that we're going to care that there's a lost and dying world that needs to hear about Jesus if we're not studying God's word? If this is not something close to us and that God's not continually changing our heart and continually changing what we believe and affirming what we already believe or, or whatever that may be, that if we're not studying God's word, how could we think those things are going to be happening? We have to be doing that. And so biblical illiteracy really limits the church in in just about every way that it possibly could. That's right. And uh, for those that want to go a little further in their Bible study time, you can use this method to really gain some insights into the Christian life and what God is teaching us or teaching you in your personal Bible study time. So really, number one, just no one you can't go wrong with just simply reading. Right. Number one, just any kind of reading of the Bible is good Bible study. So Chandler and I both agree that just if you can't do anything, just read it with five, 10, 15 minutes a day, whatever, whatever the time allows you to do. And then if you just want to go just a tad further, use these things that Chandler mentioned today. You know, what's this passage say about God? What's this passage say about man? And then use spec S P E C and, and talk about sin. Talk about the promises. Talk about the examples. Talk about the commands that are in this particular passage in which God can use to radically transform your life. So thank you, Chandler, for just sharing those things with us today. And thank you for listening to this podcast today and for joining us. Again, we would love for you to to like, rate, uh, leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify. Tell your friends about this. And, and maybe you don't want to listen to every episode, but this particular episode, share it with someone. Share it with, with someone that you may know that may be studying the Bible or, or wants to do more in-depth study of God's Word. And so on behalf of the church here, uh, we love you guys. We're praying for you and we'll see you next time on the FBC Natchez podcast.